If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Hey, what's going on, everybody? You are now tuned in to the Paging Dr. Shonda podcast, where we talk about all things related to life lessons, the culture, and Black mental health. I'm your host, Dr. Shonda, licensed clinical psychologist, and I am so excited today to have Miss Nikki Valentine with me. Hello, hello, hello. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you for accepting the invitation. Absolutely. Yes. I think this is like a conversation I'm excited for, so... Girl, me too. Me too. <laughs> I have a very uh, common interest, and I can't wait to dig into this topic. Yeah. Um, but uh, full transparency, if y'all are watching the video, I don't be on here like that without my nails done. So y'all just got to excuse me this week. I go for my fill soon. Um, but just please, like, this is, looks raggedy to me. I, I can't. <laughs> That's why I'm like, the hands are down here. You can see the rings, but the nails are down at the bottom. Honey. You got rings, though. Like, you got rings. Like, I don't have nothing on. I'm just, like, thugging. <laughs> right. I love, I love it. But you know what? The conversation is what's going to glow. The fingernails don't even matter. So Exactly. Exactly. That's all that matters. Um, so, Ms. Nikki, tell us a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. So I am an elevation coach, which means I support Black women in elevating their mindset, their healing, and their lifestyle. Um, I also make content to support Black women in their mental health and wellness. And by day, I also happen to work in uh, music streaming. I work for Spotify, so I do some mental health and wellness programming there too, um, which is just my passion. I just love to help people because I think we are all more alike than we think, and we're all struggling with more things than we like to say. Yes. So I just love to open up those conversations and really hold space to support people through that. I love that. You're doing an amazing work because um, I always tell people that, you know, it's, it's one thing to hear from like a professional, somebody mm -hmm. who like the, the book knowledge, but the fact yeah. that you're advocating for it because mm -hmm. it's a lived experience, like that brings about like a different type of experience for people to hear. Yeah. Like, yeah. And yeah. what's so funny is, and this is why I think there's such a great marriage and I have a very yes. <clears throat> deep respect for what you do. My first degree was actually in psychology. So I was supposed to be a therapist <laughs> and I ended up diverging and going to a bunch of different industries. But I, I think one, I realized that you have to be wholeheartedly in that work. Mm -hmm. work. You're holding people's yeah. deepest traumas and you, that is, so even on these posts that I make, there are times where I'm like that thing right there needs a licensed therapist. And I would never rob anybody of that opportunity. I work with a phenomenal Black therapist myself, and that's a different tier of work. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think for me, because I'm such a like dynamic, multidisciplinary person, I think there were a lot of other topics I wanted to bring together. So I went the coaching way, but we're, I always say we're like country cousins. <laughs> no, for real. Co like cousins is a, a real, like, like that's a great way to kind of yeah. explain it. Yeah. Because they don't need it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. So so what you got what got you involved in your work for like advocacy and mental health and like how did that passion begin in you? So what's interesting is that once I so at the end of college I decided I had a burning love for fashion and instead of being a therapist I was going to go into the fashion industry. Funnily my mentor, are you serious? I peep your style. I already feel the energy. I'm like girl, so let, let me tell you. I went to an HBCU and our HBCU had a model troupe. Um, I was in the Limitless model troupe. Like we were traveling. Oh, and, like, yeah. Where'd you go? 
Delaware State University. Oh, that's right. Yes. <laughs> that's so dope. You guys traveled, did modeling as well. Yes. Competitions, all like it was intense. Yes. See, that's what I love is that we're we're dynamic creatures. We're spiritual beings. We're just stuck in this sack. But there's so many things that we do and that we're good at. And that's what one of the things I love about socials is that you can show more sides of yourself than just one. And so funnily, my mentor at the time, she was like, you're born to do this work and you'll be back. Let me know when you come on back. And at the time, I was like an angry 20-year-old. I was like, no, I won't. I'm going to do fashion, (laughs) which I did for years. And I was a runway producer and a stylist for a long time and all of that. And then did tech for a long time. And I realized it only hit me when it became personal Mm -hmm. because I was chasing success for so long in industry and I wanted to make it in New York and all of these things. I'm I'm a pretty aggressive manifester. (laughs) But what happened is that my mental health suffered. My nervous system became fried. I got sick. My relationships suffered. And so it was like, yes, you've manifested all of this, but the toll was serious. And then I started to realize like, this is happening to a lot of black women. And who is really helping us through that? And thankfully I've had several older black women that were mentors and that personally took a liking to me and took an interest in my development that the way they put me up on game and not just in life, business, career, but wellness and Mm -hmm. mental health and sending me to girl, you need to go to this Reiki person. You better go get yourself some acupuncture. Where's your therapist? Like, and, and that's when I started to realize, Oh, this is what a lot of black women need. We need a team of folks that keep us well, not just successful, but well, come on your therapist. (laughs) Because without mine, I'd be in shambles (laughs) even as a coach. So that's so real because the healers need healers, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And even what you're talking about, like, you know, the, the community that you had, Black women, like Black people in general, we heal in community. That's it. Like, we, like that, that's in a name. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so, then it became so individual, so. Say that one more time. It became so individualistic that I think now we're coming back to the, you know, they used to call it the red tent in ancient societies where women just all like, would be under the same tent, old, young, middle-aged, just like coming together and sharing knowledge. I think that's starting to happen again. I love that. Oh, you should create like a group for like, mm. it's called the red tent. Like, I like that. Oh, okay. my brain is always in branding. I was to say, let's go last. I feel <laughs> something cooking in your brain. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I love the fact that you had elders around you essentially. Who were telling you like, look, you know, it's great to be established in career, great to be established in these things and to to, you know, have these these future goals. And Mm -hmm. also you need to take care of your wellness because Mm -hmm. like, I I think it's so common for us, especially as black women to Mm -hmm. be so career oriented that we tend to ignore like the the physical, the everything else. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. It's shocking. I literally just did a video about and it was an interesting study that I read. NYU did a study that. Apparently, one of the symptoms of depression in Black women is a low libido and being disconnected from mm-hmm. your sexuality. And I was so fascinated by that because I'm like, yeah, we're disconnected from pleasure in general, whether that's eating out, whether that's traveling, enjoying yourself. And I know it seems like there's this new movement of Black girl luxury. A lot of that is performative because by and large, when you talk to Black women, they're not happy for real. They're not traveling. They're not taking care of themselves. Maybe a small group on social media are doing it, but most black women are not. And that's where I think we need to have a conversation of like, you're not just here to achieve and do for other people. Yeah. 
Oh my gosh, you just hit on something right there. <laughs> the the performative, uh, like the, the yeah, talk more about that. So we are, and I this is something I started reading up on recently where patriarchy is a son of a bitch. Excuse my French, because yeah. what happens is most of our mothers had anxiety. Mm-hmm. Most of our mothers became people pleasers. Mm-hmm. And when you're a woman whose society doesn't validate your worth, you have to find ways to validate yourself. And so mm-hmm. that's that comes from the performance at work. It comes from being the perfect mom, the perfect wife, the perfect friend. So black women took on performance as a form of validation because society doesn't validate us. This is why black women are the the most degreed group of people in the United States. And now some of the highest earners. Why? Because we feel like we needed that degree to say we're somebody. This is why the whole conversation of a high value man is touching nerves everywhere. What's Mm -hmm. a high value woman? You know how incensing it is when men say we don't care about how much you make? That makes black women nuts because that's the thing we've been told to focus on this whole time. And now you're telling us we're too masculine. People are ready to walk into traffic because they're like, you told us to be validated by something. So we went out and did the things. And now that's not enough. But I think that's what it is for a lot of black women is that because we're so disconnected from ourselves, because we were never told you get to just be. You have value in just being here. Even if you didn't do or achieve anything, figure out what you like, figure out what you enjoy, right? When you meet most black women, the first thing they're going to tell you is what they do. I'm a wife. I'm a mom. I'm a coach. I'm a, no, who are you? What do you like? What are you interested in? What makes your soul happy, right? When we take off that performative mask, that was what became game-changing for me. I was like, you know, you ever watch Why Did I Get Married? And she calls herself Perfect Patty. Yeah. I was her. her. Until I started realizing, like, that is a cage for me. I'm dying in that. I'm trying to perform perfection so much that it's killing me. But the second I took off the hat and went, I have anxiety, (laughs) y'all. I have depression. Yeah. Other people come out of the shadows. That's where the red tent comes back. When we take that performance off and go, I'm actually hurting for real. Yeah. And I'm sensitive and I cry a lot. And so that, that's fine. Like one- If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. As we start to crack that open, we crack ourselves open to ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, so what you're saying is like, when we get beyond that space of like feeling like we have to perform to yes. achieve, I'm only worthy if I do X, Y, and Z, yes. then black women as a collective, we can start to walk in that, that red tent collaborative yes. uh, healing space that we were intended yeah. to walk in. Yeah. Because it also reduces the competition. Oh, Talk about that. Because that's the ugly one we don't want to talk about. As sisters, we compete. The reason we compete is that we do not feel valuable in ourselves. When I changed that, I used to be, you know what's so funny? I don't want to keep it 100. I have re-followed women that used to trigger me on Instagram. Wow. Once I figured out it wasn't about them. It was a sister that was doing her thing. She was doing her business. She was being sexy. She was being fly. She was being confident. That triggered me. Because I wasn't there. So I felt a competition. You know how people hate scrolling? Like, there she go again, doing too much, but you'll double tap on the low. No, that is you being disconnected from yourself. Once I reconnected to my own femininity and my own value, I was like, oh, go, bitch. Yes. Let me follow again because I want to see you turning it up to the max because that inspires me to turn it up to the max because I know that like flowers, 
daisies and tulips and geraniums are all equally as beautiful. Your, your value doesn't reduce my value. So once you connect with yourself and you realize I'm dope because I'm me and there's no other me's, there's no other Nikki Valentine's running around anywhere. Inherently, that makes me valuable. So then I don't have to compete with anyone because Nikki's blessings have her name on it. Nikki's man has her name on it. Nikki's dream house has her name on it. Not yours. I want to get yours too, sis. Yours has your name on it. So the more we do our work, the more we validate ourselves, the more we can get back in community because she's not your enemy. She's not your competition. She's your sister who's, who's struggling with the same things you are. And that's the part that people don't realize. You see that. Because on social media, we only post the good versions of ourselves. Because I can't post crying videos. I haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> right. So no one sees it. Right. This is why, to me, these conversations are so important, because the very first video I had that went viral, you know why it went viral? Because I went on there and I simply said in 60 seconds, most of the influencers you see on here are lying. And let me tell you how I know. I work in tech. I work with people that make multiple six figures. They do not live what you see on Instagram. It's mm-hmm. a lie. And they're still going to Walmart and Aldi. By the way, we we in Target, okay? So what you see on here, we can do the math. I can calculate it. I know that when I see six Cartier bracelets on a stack, that's $50,000. You're lying. And that's not to tear anybody down. I do math. So, right. but the problem is, and this is why the video went viral. You know how many people under that video were like, oh my God, I thought I was just failing. That broke my heart. Yeah. That's when I was like, oh, we got to start talking. We have to start talking because yeah. the, the thousands of people that were like, I thought I wasn't doing well in life. Why am I 25, 35, 45? I don't have a Bugatti. I'm not going to do buy every weekend. I'm failing. No, baby, they're lying mm-hmm. among other things, but we'll leave that to be their business. <laughs> yes, there are successful people, but this mirage, these lies, this, this social media, everyone's okay. Everyone's mental health is great. Everyone's rich. No, no. I, I, we need to break it down and tell the truth. When you get to success, get a therapist too. You're going to need one because your mental health is going to be more pressed than it was before. They don't tell you that either. Tell them (laughs) the pressure. This is why I'm, this is why I call myself an elevation coach because I'm not just going to teach you how to manifest and lead you to slaughter and let you fall off the cliff. Cause I know what happens when you get there. Imposter syndrome, low self-esteem, anxiety, depression, feeling like you were lucky to be in the room friends changing on you, partners changing. I know what it is. So that's why it's important for me to support people on that journey. I didn't get anxiety till I started working at Spotify. Really? Yeah. Tell me about I that. Never, I had never experienced anxiety. I'm so sorry. Someone just decided to vacuum in my hallway. Can you hear that? You're good. I hear a little bit. But you're fine. <laughs> um, so what happened is that when I, the job came out of nowhere, it was a surprise. Uh, I was referred by a friend that I worked with at a previous tech startup. And when I interviewed, they were like, you'll be doing a little travel. Within the first six months of me working there, I think I took, I think I'd gone on like five international trips in the space of like maybe three or four months mm-hmm. for work. And this is like flying to Europe back and forth by myself. Like I had ne- like, whew, talk about fast Talk about elevation real fast. Like my brain, my nervous system was fried by how much that changed my life. Wow. I had never made that type of money before. I had never done that type of travel before. I'm now in business meetings and settings and stuff that I'm like, 
I'm out of my league, man. And like the anxiety was almost crippling. And that is when I was like, oh, this is what happens. And the more I talk to people, you know how many people experience that? I work with some of the smartest people. I work with people who have worked at Facebook, Google, LVMH, you name it. And so many women of color, people of color experience the same thing. Shaking in their boots on the inside. Mind you, we're all there because we're qualified. But we're all that, that, that crippling anxiety of, oh my God, I have to perform. I have to shine. I can't mess up. I'm the only one. I was flying to Europe in a room of 45 people and being the only black person. Now the anxiety that you felt there, I'm sure... Like, woo, okay, good morning, team. <laughs> and just me. So once I started to understand, like, as Black women, we experience this over and over again every time we hit another level. Yeah. You know, whether you are an influencer, whether you're in corporate, whether you have your own business, as we achieve and we manifest more, it's a different level. More pressure exists, different dynamics, right? So we need support through the whole journey it's not just like oh i got there and i have the, the condo and the, i'm cool now i'm happy now yeah you know how scary it is to have mental health problems and then get money and realize they don't go away i'm sure whoa <laughs> i was like wait i thought when i made this amount of money i'd be good why am i depressed from a high rise looking over manhattan why am i depressed a lot of women go through that yeah. A lot of black women go through that. And then we can't say anything because you're ungrateful. And black people tell you, you should be lucky. No, I have a mental health challenge. I'm struggling. Now I've been through trauma. I'm trying to heal. We need those spaces. So I think I created what I needed when I was younger. I, that's so funny how that often works. Don't we do that? Right? <laughs> we do that. We show up as the adults that the child version of us wanted or needed yeah. at that time. Yeah. Um, so I, I love that you're you're doing this work. Thank you. Um, you know, I love that you're you're talking about social media and the posts that you're making. Um, girl, we went viral. <laughs> we went viral. <laughs> like, whoa. <laughs> Crazy. Because I love the spin that you put on it too. I think because they got to see kind of a marriage oh, of perspective, right. mm-hmm. it felt so whole for black. Right. That's what I was um, referring to in the beginning. Like yeah. when people hear it from like, this is my lived experience. And also like a professional saying, listen, I'm backing this up. I'm validating this information because this is real. It yeah. hits that much harder. Yeah. yeah. And that goes back to you even saying like the, the value of collaboration and collaborating. with people. Like, and you know what it reminds me of? And I just could give you 10 hugs for this. I remember there specifically was a woman in one of the comments that was like, you can't talk about this. You're not a licensed therapist. And you so gracefully jumped in and were like, yeah, but I endorse the message and I am a licensed therapist. And I was like, you don't know what that did for me because Mm -hmm. I know I'm not a licensed therapist and I throw myself out here on the cross to do this work. And Mm -hmm. as black women to have each other's back in a public forum was like, that's love. Because you see how even, and I saw it, that sister has some things going on. That's where that competitive spirit, that argumentative spirit comes from. But when you respond it so gently and in kind and with love, it builds that back up. Like that to me, I was like, yeah, we need to see more of this, more collaboration, more validating each other and going, there's a place for all of us here. And she may do something different than I do, but we're still skinning the same cat. The same cat. (laughs) 
the same exact. Like, I mean, you know, so that's, I think, what is beautiful about social media. Does it open folks up to release their traumas on other people? Sure. But more often than not, I think in all of this, these videos, the thing that hits my heart the most is when people say, I feel seen. Yes. And there was so many comments of people saying that. That one is what touches me. Or people that are like, I just cried and I haven't cried in a while. Baby, you needed to. Ooh, you needed to. And I'm so glad you did. Because Black women are holding it in. Real. But what does Krisha say? Real bad. We're holding it in real bad. Yeah. Trying to hold it all together where it's like, if at least this post could give you a space. And then I love the sisters. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Support other sisters in the comments. That blows me yes. away. Yes. So I love that your page and my page are creating these spaces to say, girl, there's nothing wrong with you. We get it. We see you. You're still fierce. And we're here to support you. It, right? It's the still fierce piece for me. Because right. yeah. we self-blame and we feel like you can't be. I love that, Megan. And I wish it would get more amplification. Megan The Stallion made a website called um, Bad Bitches Have Bad Days Too or something. Yes. Fierce. Yes. Like, we need that. You can be a whole hottie driving the boat and have anxiety, girl. <laughs> literally can. The two can coexist. They are not. The two can coexist. It's not a measure of your value or your worth or your capacity to handle. That's what it is. Black women are told we have to handle it. Yeah. So when we struggle, we feel like we're not handling it. You are. This matrix wasn't designed for us to be stressed and pressed and traumatized. You're doing your best in the face of a bunch of stuff. And that's what it is. Um, and the, the fact that Black women, like you said, like we we have to always perform and we have to present like we, we have it all together. Yes. I think that's where like a lot of people were kind of like shocked and surprised when they kind of read your, your content because like, yeah. I'm not the only one that experienced, you mean you experienced this too? Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's what opened the door. And it's right. funny because you say that because I think the second one where I was like, we might be onto something is I literally, this is so crazy. I was literally in a hotel in Spain and ordered breakfast and I didn't realize it was going to come and be this like intense, like extra spread. And for a second, I felt guilty about it. And then I was like, girl, enjoy your spread. And so I was like, let me just make a video. And in the video, I said, I'm no longer a strong black woman. Like I'm ret- if this is the life, I want this. I right. want in my robe. I want deliver me my breakfast. Let me drink my tea in peace. Period. Don't bother me. And the amount of black women that were like, wait, can we jump off the bandwagon? Is that allowed? Can we just say no? And I'm like, yes, sis, you can. In fact, we done. We're good. Yeah. We're going to focus on ourselves. Like that, I think, started like black women being like, oh, I'm not the only one that's stressed and over this. Because we're sworn to silence. I hate to say it. Other races of women are allowed to be weak publicly. And we are not. We are not. We are not. Because we shame people. Say it again. We shame them for being. Yeah. And society shames us because, you know, we saw that even at the Oscars with, uh, you know. Say that. Girl. Like they Speak on that. As soon as we show emotion, here come the, the tone policers who want to tell us that we need to smile. We need to perform. You know, we need to we need to behave and act happy even when we are not. And that, that's a direct depiction of like how we are expected to function in society. Hundred percent. I was so 
that burned me because I'm like, y'all disrespected this lady, didn't give her the accolade she was due, and her facial reaction is the problem. Since when have we ever zoomed in on the people's faces that don't win? Did we zoom in on everyone else? I did like the nerve, the unmitigated gall of y'all, actually. First of all, she should have gotten it in the first place. But second of all, wow, like she's not even allowed to have a human reaction. Any human being that feels they should have won something would have had that face. Yes. Right. But then again, it's kind of like Chris Rock. You got applauded for standing there and doing nothing when you got hit in your face. That's what we love to see black people do is do nothing and not defend oh. themselves and be palatable. And mm-hmm. right. So we love that Chris Rock continued the show like he didn't just get assaulted. If he had acted out and hit him back, he would have been wrong. Right. Like, come mm-hmm. on. But I'm realizing we have to break ourselves out of how much we care. It is. It's like they put you in a cage, but you have the key. Yeah. You're just so mentally conditioned to be there that even if they open the door, you're not going to let yourself out. I have had to let myself out. Yeah. And be like, whether who I am or not is uncomfortable to you, I still have to be her. I need more black women to embrace that. Like, you know, (laughs) period. No, I'm in agreement with that. And I think that concept is so interesting because I I had made a post on TikTok. I haven't posted on Instagram yet um, about like Angela Bassett's reaction and how, you know, we are expected to perform X, Y, Z. Um, and how this is a result of, you know, privilege. Black people don't have the privilege all the time to express emotion. And I did have a um, someone who who commented and say, you know, sisters, we need to free ourselves. We need to free ourselves from like other people's opinion. My immediate reaction, sis, I was like, wait, what is she saying? I'm not free. Like, what, what, what's she talking about? Like, what? And then I had to check myself. Like, wh- why is that comment triggering me? What is it about me? Yes, yes. I need to assess. That uh-huh. bothered me so much about like this comment because she wasn't wrong. It was just that cognitively, I could not fathom like what it would be like for me to be able to function without caring about how other people might see me. Yeah. Yeah. Like because that's a wild concept. concept. Yeah. It's a wild concept. We were told to fashion ourselves to society. Hmm. Don't be too loud. Don't be too fast. Don't dress too sexy. Don't speak too loudly. Don't be too aggressive. Yeah. Don't look too aggressive. You want to know the the biggest act of rebellion for me came in 2020. The blessing of not being in an office. Granted, like it wouldn't have been a problem if I was, but I decided to make a leap in 2020, which is that I've always had tattoos. I've always loved them. I've been obsessed with them since I was a child. But I always kept them small enough and hidden enough that I would not upset people because you hear the comments. There's a lot of judgment, especially for black women to be heavily tattooed. Oh, man, really people's ass. (laughs) They really don't like that. And so I battled with that for such a long time. And also I'm Jamaican and my dad was a pastor. So if you add up all of those factors, (laughs) right, not the tea. And I remember talking to my therapist and I was like, what would happen? And she asked me the same question. She goes, no, what would happen? Would people die? Are they going to excommunicate you from the family? Are you going to lose your job? No. What is the real price of you being who you are? You benefit because I see you suffering from not being who you want to be. So really, that's the only cost to weigh. You are punishing yourself by not being yourself. Everyone else can adjust. And if they don't adjust, they don't adjust. And what shocked me is I did it. And 
people adjusted. And, you know, it's like my happy thing that I'm like, got to do my sleeve and live how I want to live. I remember like walking outside after I got it and I was like, yeah, like, you know, you just have that feeling of like, I'm more me. I look like more me. I'm now at 10 tattoos. At this point, people know what it is with me and they're just going to have to live. Like, but it feels so liberating to not be a version of myself. Cause I heard all the things, mind you, like, of course I'll still wear a button down the sweater set. So people get this right. And I think that's why people resist. Like when I tell you people came, for me, oh, I didn't think you were one of those type of people. I didn't think you would do all that. I didn't. Wow. You people even told me you ruined yourself. You must have daddy issues. Why would you do that? Why would you, what's going to happen when you get married? What are you going to girl? I'm good. I'm happier now for it because I get to wear myself on the outside and let people judge me accordingly. See, here's what we're afraid of. If I'm myself, then I'll get to hear what people really think about that. And that's scary. But I'll tell you something, sisters, when you do it, you'll realize you don't give a fuck. That's the liberation. It'll feel so good. You won't care. Right. So it's worth it. I, th- I think like do all black women, we all have the same experience because I feel like we're the same life. <laughs> Literally, the same life. Like I, I experienced that same transition, uh, probably in like 2018, when I was going from my internship, my pre-doctoral internship, into interviewing for my postdoctoral internships. And so I had this supervisor. Um, she was a white woman, but she always been down. Like before George Floyd, she was an advocate um, for black people. Like she, she was down. And so I was telling her, I was like, "Yeah, so I'm going to um, interview for Johns Hopkins. Like I'm going to cut." nails down because of course like I wear long nails um and I'm gonna get my braids a bit shorter because I wear thigh thigh length uh box I braids. love them <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like yeah I'm gonna change this I'm gonna tone down a bit and she was like wait why are you changing who you are to be in this type of setting and so like we had a real deep introspective conversation about my my uh perceived need to kind of tone myself down yes. to show up in this industry that has been so uh dominated by you know, white males. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the fact that she, she challenged me, uh, even seeing this, this discomfort that I had, even as a a black woman, she was a white woman. Um, I found that to be such a valuable experience. Amazing. And can you imagine had you had someone else, your whole trajectory might've been different in that you might have put yourself in that box. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes like it's like odd, the blessings we get that we don't even realize are black. That is a blessing. Because I think that is what draws people to you, to be honest. That's what I love about like seeing your content because I'm like, she's a therapist and she's highly knowledgeable, but she's the homegirl. She understands where we are with it. Like, and I see the flavor. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before.
I see the style and I don't, you know what it is? I think for a lot of people, they don't want to get knowledge from people that they feel like are placing themselves above them. Mm. But when you bring your individuality and you bring your flavor, it lets people know I'm like you, I'm a person and I have likes and interests outside of this. So it's not like I'm standing on a cloud trying to punch down on you and tell you what to do. I'm with you. I'm in here. That's the magic of being black. We bring flavor to it. We bring personality to it. Like my own therapist, it's so funny to me because she'll be like, can I take the hat off for a second? I'm going to be petty, but that's just pissing me off. And I'm like, thank you, girl, because we're pissing me off. Okay, I'm glad we're right here because I love us. (laughs) Like that is what I need sometimes where she's like, yeah, let's talk about it clinically, but also side note, that's that BS. And I just want to let you know, (laughs) I'm not feeling that. I'm like, I needed you to be right here with me on it. Like, yes, we need the traditional guidance and the knowledge, but we need a heartfelt connection. Melanated people are heart people. Yeah. We can't do stuff dry. Yeah. We, we cannot. It's not in melanin as a substance has more soul. It has more. It's in your ears. It's in your eyes. That's why you can dance better and hear me like that is right. So I feel like as black people, when we try to erase that mm. and push that down, and especially if you in corporate spaces, that's our magic. Mm. Like, you know, it's funny to me now when I look back, like I was stuck in wigs for years and there's nothing wrong with a wig. But I knew I wanted a different look, but I was terrified. Yes. Because I'm like, God forbid I look too ethnic in the workplace. I'm already Jamaican. Don't let me come in here with locks. Lord Jesus, they're going to think. I'm like, (laughs) why did we live the same life? (laughs) Go ahead. I'm listening. You tone down and it's like, it's exhausting. Yeah. But I wonder, I want to ask you too, because I feel like in, in the more traditional path, there is a lot of pressure to be like, in a box as yeah. a therapist. How was that experience like throughout your journey? Yeah. So it was overwhelming because um, I would get those like mixed messages essentially. Uh, so, so like I said, I had that really dope supervisor who told me like, you know, you need to show up who you are as who you are. Uh, but I also had supervisors who were pretty much like, yeah, you should probably like tone it down. Um, so it, it was very interesting. Uh, I'll say that. Um, and it was difficult again, because like in a lot of these spaces, like I was the only black trainee, like I was the only black, you know, this or that or whatever. Once I got into where I, you know, graduated and I was like in spaces where I was teaching at the undergraduate and graduate level, I saw how so many students just would like glean from my knowledge simply because, you know, I, they knew I was smart. I knew my stuff, but also I looked like them. I didn't fit into the the, the prototype of what a clinical psychologist looks like because like let me tell you if you go to a a, a, a APA conference an American Psychological Association conference you're gonna see a bunch of old white men like that's just what a psychologist looks like but the fact that like my students have had and you know I've worked with adolescents my teens have had a therapist who who looks like them who dresses like them who who understands their language right. like, you know, the, the information hit different so you know I got to the point where I just show up as who I am because I know people like literally like pull from that that's so dope. And I think especially for young ones. Yeah. Oh, man. Because, you know, that is part of why I want to do this work of like, if I can see the next generation of Black women not feel this and not go through the puppy mill of feeling like there's something wrong with them and you spend years spinning your wheels mm-hmm. thinking you're inherently wrong. Like, right. you know, like, and it's so funny because now people will call me auntie and I'm like, oh, 
like, <laughs> are we here? Oh my God. I felt like I was still a young hot girl, but I, but, but the thing I love about it is I'll happily be the auntie if that means you can learn something and not make the same mistakes I made and not feel the same questioning I felt of myself and that same low self-esteem that I had to feel for years. If I can spare you a feeling that I'll happily be auntie. Happily. Happily. Because there's there's that category of women that we call that, right? Like I look at the Tracy Ellis Rosses and the mm-hmm. like all of those women, like, girl, I want to be you when I grow up. So right. we all need that that pay it backwards community of like, mm-hmm. let me let me spare you of some of the inner pain. You know yeah. what I mean? Let me try to help expedite. And I love it. I think Gen Z is further than we we were at their age. Almost further. Mm-hmm. They're on TikTok trying to feel about their mental health. So listen, that's they, already light years ahead. Gen Z is like so far ahead of where we were when we were kids. Um, and I and I love that for them because mm-hmm. they're not afraid to say like, listen, I can't do this. My mental health. <laughs> like, <laughs> they will literally be like boundaries, my mental health. I'm not feeling that. You're a narcissist. Get out. You're gaslighting me. No, like, <laughs> they're not here for it. And I love it because they're armed with more information. Than yeah. we have. And that is what you do with the information. You improve the design. Exactly. You know, so I love to see it. I think it's hilarious, too, though, because I'm like, man, good luck, employers. Good luck, people dating. Good luck, anybody that was going to try to take advantage of these kids because they're not having that. They are not. <laughs> they're not. There's no games. They like, yeah. I'm, I'm like, gonna... I saw a TikTok about this. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for it. I, I love it though. Um, so yeah. So so tell us like as we wrap up, what are some advice or like pieces of advice, things that you did personally to kind of overcome. Black girl anxiety and what that looks like to you. Hmm. Three things. One is, and this is going to sound broad brush, but I'll tell you what I mean. When you learn how the universe actually works, you lower your anxiety of being trapped in the system. Hmm. What I mean by that is as black women, sometimes we get so caught up in this matrix of trying to rise and achieve and beat out this one and this promotion of this and that we stress ourselves out. When we understand the energetics of abundance, you start to live in a way that there is no competition. I'm never missing a blessing. There is nobody that can take anything out of my hands. I'm always going to be in the right space. That reduces your anxiety. She looked around like, bitch, how are you preaching to me right now? I said, I said talk to them. I said, that, how are you preaching to me? But go ahead. <laughs> it gets you out of that anxious space of like, why did they pick her for the promotion over me? And I've been here five years. Baby, manifest. Your your opportunities are not tied up in your boss. That's not tied up in how many followers you have. That's not tied up in none of that. You can have whatever. So you don't have to feel that fear and that anxiety. The number two thing, though, is my daily habits, my wellness routine. That is where depression, anxiety, procrastination, paralysis, analysis, all of that comes in when we don't have a routine to keep us well. My therapist told me something. Healing is not a destination. It is the daily practice of not choosing toxic coping mechanisms when life happens. So for example, the last month, my family blew up and was in the shambles, (laughs) but I still have things to do and I still have to coach and work. So my wellness routine that I set for myself doesn't stop. We're still going to the gym three times a week. We're still taking a walk daily for mental health. We're still eating clean. We're still doing content daily. We're still reaching out to our clients. We're never going to stop that. Like, because that is what keeps me well. Mm-hmm. Even when I'm in depression, even when I'm in anxiety, I'm like, I haven't been to the gym. That's probably why my mental health is sliding down. 
it's it's Friday. You haven't done your three days. What we doing? Like that creating a routine, whether it's I haven't saged. I haven't floored and watered in a second. Hold up. Once I got that list of non-negotiables, that helps me so much with my mental health because it's like mental health is one component of wellness. Your physical health, your spiritual health affect your mental health. It's a triangle. So for me, I know that if I don't take care of the other two sides of the wheel, this one up here ain't going to be right either. So I know I have to take my supplements. I know I have to have movement. I know I have to meditate and pray. I know I have to do self-care, non-negotiable. And then the third thing is that actively work on clearing out the things that are blocking you. What I mean by that is anxiety and depression is tied to trauma. The more we avoid the stuff that hurts, the longer we will be trapped in anxiety and depression. There's a lot of stuff that's happened to us we don't want to talk about. This is why therapy is critical. And for any Black woman that can hear my voice right now, yes, you can work with me as a coach and figure out those, those, those key things, how to learn the energetics of abundance, how to create a wellness routine. All of that's great. But if you don't take care of those deep traumas of the, the, the ways that are affecting you in your life, that's going to hold you back from all the other stuff. You won't be able to enjoy it. You won't be able to feel fulfilled. So therapy is absolutely a non-negotiable part of my wheel of success. In fact, I've become more successful since I've been going to therapy. I love that. My relationships are better. My ability to self-soothe, my nervous system has become more regulated from therapy. Like what you do is gold. I tell people this all the time. Like this is like, as a coach, I can never sing the praises enough of therapy because we have stuff. We've been alive a long time. And the key most people don't realize is stuff keeps happening. For sure. Therapy is key because girl, it's going to continue. Yeah, you worked through the stuff from 20 years ago and then someone tried you yesterday (laughs) and it triggers. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cut off? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You again. And you're going to need to talk to your therapist this week about it. Like. As it's happening, so they maintain. There are some weeks that I'm like, "Ooh, I can't wait to talk to my because girl, we have to talk." Right? <laughs> I help to help me process this, help me reframe it, and see it in a healthy way, like in real time. So those things, I think it's a it's a wheel, but I think all those things together help me still live a good life, even with anxiety and depression. I love that. So, are you taking new clients? I am. Okay. I actually am. My calendar is now open for one-on-ones, okay. um, which I do in one of three ways, which is either mindset reprogramming. If you feel like you have like kind of blockers, patterns of behavior that are getting you stuck, nice. um, you can book a session for that. If you need to figure out a holistic wellness routine, like, okay, I'm going to therapy, but h- how else can I keep myself well? Let's figure that out. Let's talk through that and create a customized routine for you. Um, so you can book a one-on-one. Link is in my bio, all the places that I am online. And my coaching program is also opening soon for groups. I'm a big believer in that red tent. Red tent. Um, we did a series in 2020 during the pandemic for about eight weeks called Healing Together. That was phenomenal. It was a group of like 20 women getting together every week. And so I want to bring that back. So we're bringing back the Elevation Experience as a group. So Please do. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, I was asking if you were taking clients for myself and the audience. Too. Oh, yes. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Calendar is open. All my open slots are on there. Book me as soon as you'd like. <laughs> yes. No, the work that you're doing is so valuable. Um, 
Yes. Please continue to share on social media. Um, I saved another one of your posts, so I'm going to definitely <laughs> stitch that one too. You too. I'm like creeping on your page always. There's always good stuff I'm learning. Thank, <laughs> Thank you so much. You. Thank you. Um, did you know, I don't, I don't think I asked this, but did you know that your post was going to blow up the way it no, did? I have no idea. And you want to know the funny part? I have worked with social media managers in the past. I no longer do. I do all my own stuff. And the thing they used to always beg me to do is video. <laughs> and I would never do it. I was too scared. I was like, God, but they would talk to me personally and be like, Nikki, you have to do videos. Like what you're telling me personally, you have to get this on camera. And I'm like, yes. Caroline, nobody's trying to hear that. Apparently few people are. So I'm grateful to all Thank of those you. people. Um, and it, it keeps me going, even though I'm shy. So I appreciate you guys. Yes. Everyone that has listened and engaged with the content. Absolutely appreciate it. Well, yes. Yes. We are on Instagram. We're at 1.5 million views. Um, on my TikTok, it's like 500,000. On your TikTok, it's a, I, I don't remember. 100,000, yeah. yeah what? So, That's crazy. Yeah. So you know what? That means more Black women are being seen. Yeah. That's millions of Black women that got to feel validated. And that's yep. so dope. Yeah. Did you hear it on, um, Amanda Seals played it on her podcast. Did you hear oh. it? No. Are you serious? Yes. She played your full video. This was, yeah, yeah. What? <laughs> I thought you knew, no? No. <laughs> that's mind blowing. Yeah. Oh my God. And you want to know why that's so crazy to me? There's things I'm, I don't know unless people tell me. And somebody told me that video was played on the radio in Philly somewhere. I'm blo That's crazy. Now you're going to make me go look. I'm like, I'm going to like look through like, wow. Yeah. That's why I said you're making a difference. You got to keep going. Okay. Well, that gave me all the juice I need. Jeez Louise. <laughs> That's amazing. Yes. Of course. Well, thank that. you again. Of course. Thank you again for coming through. You got to come back. I would love to. Thank you so yes. much for having me. We need to have a good Kiki again. No, for for sure. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I'm going to email you about that red tent. Yes, please do. Because I think that is something that would be phenomenal to bring oh together God. both of our audiences. That would be so dope. Yo, I'm just imagining it now. Like, mm -hmm. I see events and meetups, linking ups occurring, a couple cities, you know, a couple things. So, you know, don't get me excited. Well, Listen, my mouth the universe's ears. <laughs> I'm here for it. That sounds like a great time. All right, y'all. So make sure you guys tune in next week for this episode. Uh, you can connect with Nikki by clicking on the link in the show notes. And don't forget, you have the power to create the emotions that you want to experience. God bless. Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before.